This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello and welcome back to the e-commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Bobsled and Acadia Company. For the last couple of weeks on the podcast, we've been talking about retail media allocation and a new approach that we have come up with at Bobsled that we think is going to set brands up for success in the future when there are more and more media channels to handle and also reflecting back what we've heard from brands over the last few months in researching this topic that they're unsatisfied with how they're currently allocating their media budget and not really convinced that it's the best way. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, I encourage you to go back and check out Six Mistakes Brands Are Making with Media Allocation and also a new framework for retail media allocation where we sort of lay out the principles of our framework. The real quick overview is that the current methods aren't working and I'll explain what those are in a second. And we're suggesting allocating by the stage of the marketing funnel that your brand is wanting to target. So what does that mean? Well, if you're a brand that is focused on growing awareness and market share, then you're focused on the top of the marketing funnel. And there's certain ad types and targeting types between Amazon, PPC, DSP, Instacart, and Walmart that are going to be really applicable to that top of funnel awareness objective. So we're going to be looking at display ads and DSP and you know wide audience building ad types. We're not going to be looking at sponsored products, really sort of long tail ROI focused keyword campaigns. That's not going to move the needle for an awareness objective. And every media network and platform has different ad units and campaign types and targeting types that are suitable for different stages of the marketing funnel. So instead of allocating in some of these other ways that are sort of blunt and not really focused on the objective of the company or the brand or the product, this method is focused on that. And it really pairs back what is currently a very overwhelming universe of advertising options and pairs it right back to focusing on what's really going to move the needle according to the objective that you have. So that's the quick and dirty of it. There's a lot more you know, details that I can share and I have shared on the podcast and also in the white paper that we've put together. You can find that at bobsledmarketing.com under our resources section. And I do recommend checking out that report because it sort of lays out you know, the current state and why that's not working for brands, the new framework that we're proposing and how that can be implemented. And in our research, we spoke with a lot of brands as well as drawing on our experience as 
media buyers to learn from them what's working, getting some more tactical tips and advice, which we share in that report as well. So it's a really great read. I'm very proud of it. I'm proud of the work that Matteo and myself have done over the past few months on this. So definitely check that out at bobsledmarketing.com. I want to share some of the results from a poll that I did both on LinkedIn and during the webinar around how brands are currently allocating their media spend. So there are two main methods here. One is as a percentage of sales per retail channel. And that means which retailer or marketplace is contributing to your sales and then allocating advertising budget out in line with what those retailers are contributing. So if, if for example, Amazon.com represents 10% of your brand's sales, then Amazon would get 10% of your marketing budget. If Kroger represents 30% of your brand's sales, Kroger gets 30% of your marketing budget, etc. So it's broken down by historical sales per channel. The second most common way of allocating that we found was ROAS performance. And ROAS is just the most popular metric that we've heard brands are using if they want to allocate according to some kind of performance metric. So that's what we heard anecdotally. And the results of these polls really kind of brought that to life. So out of 94 respondents, 34% allocate as a percentage of sales per channel. So about a third and 27% represent by ROAS performance. So about a quarter. So together, those two methodologies account for about 60% of how brands are allocating right now. The remainder either have no consistent methodology or are using some other kind of method. I did a follow-up poll on the webinar with only about 39 respondents, so it's a little less statistically relevant, but just asking, are you satisfied with that approach? And only 21% of respondents are actually satisfied with how their brand approaches retail media allocation right now. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Certainly, it wasn't super surprising for me, given our past qualitative research into that question, but still interesting to know this is how brands are doing it. Most of them are not super happy with how that's working. Now, for the rest of the episode today, I thought it would be interesting to play the Q&A portion of the webinar that we did yesterday. So we got really great questions coming in from brands on the call yesterday. And if you missed the webinar, I'd like to share those with you. So some of the questions are around What's the mechanism to actually start allocating budget this way? How do you get the insights for that and roll it out? Some of the questions around, you know, what's the right type of metric for this objective? And how to evaluate the quality or incrementality of the traffic that you're getting? So some really smart questions came in that we were happy to answer. And I think it would be interesting for you if you missed out on that webinar last week. So let's roll right into that Q&A section. So actually on that note, some of the questions that we've received so far, one was actually about KPIs and mm-hmm. do you consider total 
adds cost of sales a useful KPI. Mm-hmm. When would tacos be a useful KPI? Yeah, so tacos is useful, but it can be a limit again because basically tacos is similar to ROAS or ACOS. It's just that we are considering a different denominator, but the relationship between the ad spend and the sales, be it like paid sales or total sales, is still limiting in my opinion. So what we need to do is, of course, we don't want our clients to run unprofitably with their campaigns, but we really need to take a look at other KPIs, as we were saying. So, of course, the financial ones are still important. So tacos would be very important as well. But I would not judge or gauge the success of awareness and consideration campaigns by using this metric. Yeah, absolutely. And to sort of put that a slightly different way, if you've got a goal of growth, then I wouldn't say tacos is a useful KPI. It's really mm-hmm. what you're saying about ROAS being an effective bottom of funnel metric or a profitability metric. Like Mateo said, it's just a different sort of denominator. One question for you, Mateo, is do you automate the application of the insights or do you manually update budgets on a daily basis? What kind of solutions exist to put mm-hmm. and into this framework? Yes. So we, as an agency, we use PackView. And this is one of the key aspects of this framework is that it can be quite complex to apply, but it doesn't have to be. Meaning that the only thing that needs to be done is to structure your campaigns properly. And if you can rely on an ad tech solution like PackView, this makes your life a lot easier because with PackView, it is possible to segment campaigns by tags, by goals. And this is precisely what we rely on. So PackView will give us the possibility of creating different tags, which help us group campaigns across different platforms under one bucket, which can be awareness, another bucket consideration, and so on. So we can really aggregate the data easily, and then analyze it easily as well. And that's going to work across different media channels as well, depending on the ad tech tool that you're using. I will say that there's no automated way of doing this that we know of. There's still, you know, we still have to set up those tags, set up the, the structure and model it out that way. There's not an automated solution for it yet, but ad tech tools are definitely necessary. A question from Wyatt was, if a brand is focused on growth, would you recommend this model to only run awareness or consideration campaigns? Or would you still run some purchase and loyalty campaigns just with a smaller budget there? Mm -hmm. Yes. So of course, there are different approaches here, which are based both on experience and different Again, theoretical approaches. So we spoke with one interviewee to develop this framework that suggested that the main thing is to always invest into awareness and Mm -hmm. avoid spending into other stages of the funnel. And we can say that those brands were successful. So for sure, there is truth in that statement. Mm -hmm. Personally, yes, I would prioritize awareness and consideration if our goal is growth, but I would never avoid investing any money into purchase and especially brand loyalty. 
so for example let's say your resources are limited and you have to take out some money out of one of the funnel stages i would probably sacrifice purchase rather than brand defense and loyalty because from my experience and especially now with if we look only at amazon for example the amount of paid placements is staggering compared to the available number of total placements so it is extremely easy through advertising to attack competitors so i would definitely use some resources to defend ourselves yep okay good and then there was a question from emmanuel how long should each phase last mm -hmm. i wouldn't say that these phases have to last for a specific right. time period this is a framework that should be applied all at the same time because you have to imagine mm -hmm. that this is a continuous flow of people that right. interact it's, with it's not a stage in this in the yeah. sense of a timeline it's a stage in the sense of yeah like you said it's a constant flow i would say that you would only end a phase if your strategic objective changes so let's mm -hmm. say for example you've got a product that you're launching and the objective is to grow it and you're not so concerned about profitability, you understand you've got to sacrifice some ROAS to get the word out there. At a certain point, maybe that product reaches maturity and it's time to actually change the objective back to profitability. So you would actually change that, the breakdown of that funnel to be less focused on the top to having more of a focus on the bottom or middle of the funnel. Mm -hmm. Agree. That's when it would change. So Matteo, we understand this is not a silver bullet. There are still challenges with this approach. Can mm -hmm. you walk us through some of those? Yes. So again, while talking with different thought leaders, brand owners, and experts in the field, we came across several limitations or challenges. And the most important ones are summarized here. So one of the main aspects that we noticed was actually the size of the company. and organizational silos. So especially with larger companies, there can be a lack of intelligence sharing across teams and departments. And this would otherwise benefit retail media advertising. And in some edge cases, we also uh, noticed a metaphorical fight for budgets mm -hmm. between teams, which is for sure detrimental to the mm -hmm. overall goals of the company. The second issue or challenge is a consistency in our reporting. So the different retailers, the different platforms use different metrics. They can define metrics in a different way. Most of all, they have different attribution windows. So we need to wait a different period of time before being able to see final data. So it's really necessary to create a framework to be able to compare data across different platforms. And actually in our report, you will find a table that-, that I was just gonna say you. that we, we, have, <laughs> we created the framework for you. Yeah, that's a good point. In the report, we've got a table of these channels showing how key metrics are actually calculated because it is an apples to oranges kind of situation. So that's, you know, comparing the same metric across different channels, there's actually a bit of nuance to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the third one is retailer, JBPs, mandated budgets. So yeah, we heard of, these are edge cases, but they can happen. So 
brands sometimes by retail media, not with a specific growth of, or profitability target in mind, but just to pique the interest of a buyer at a major retailer. And again, similarly, some brands may be required to spend a certain budget as part of a JBP or under their vendor agreement. So, of course, this makes the situation a little bit more complex, but mm -hmm. the framework is definitely still applicable. Yep. And this is part of a bigger shift in our industry. I want to call back some other, you know, thoughts on this. One, looking at ROAS doesn't paint the whole picture. I think that we've sort of sat on our soapbox long enough in this presentation about that, but, you know, ROAS and or tacos is a pretty blunt instrument and we need a better way of looking at the different stages of the funnel. The second sort of shift is reducing barriers across departments. And Matteo, you mentioned silos, and this is one of the big sort of factors in, in actually getting the solution on board is the way that most organizations are set up from a P&L standpoint and also from an organization standpoint, particularly with larger companies that have traditional retailer relationships. That's the way the teams are set up. And so you've got the digital team sort of fighting with the national sales team for resources and the way that dollars are spent sort of align back to the P&L. So that's certainly a challenge in rolling this out as well. But as we come to understand, shoppers aren't shopping by channel, they're, they're shopping across different channels. Hopefully we start to see a bigger shift in the industry towards that mentality rather than the channel model. And then finally, data complexity. A lot of brands were drowning in data and actually selecting the right metrics to track is critical. So Matteo walked through a couple of examples of that where, okay, in the consideration stage, let's look at clicks, not ROAS, figuring out what really are the metrics that are going to help to measure our ultimate goal. And just one question from the audience before we wrap up here is from Silas asking, how do you evaluate quality or incrementality of traffic when you're looking at dividing budgets across the funnel? Just optimizing towards low CPC is a no-go. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, absolutely. What would you say to that? Yeah, so definitely, first of all, we cannot use the low CPC across the whole funnel. So mm -hmm. as we were saying, we need to base our decisions in terms of budget allocation based on the results of each specific metric based on the stage of the funnel. So again, the lowest CPM, let's say, so cost per thousand impressions for awareness, the lowest CPC for consideration, and then ROAS for purchase and loyalty. And in terms of quality of the traffic itself, we discussed this when we were thinking about this framework, and we realized that actually in retail media advertising, the risk of having low quality traffic is much lower. So for example, compared to Google, where there might be instances where there is informational traffic compared to transactional traffic, this does not happen generally on retail media platforms. So again, even if we use, for example, display for DSP, Amazon's data is so specific and so focused on our transaction history that it will be for sure higher quality traffic than Google, for mm -hmm. example. Great. Okay. So 
After the call, you'll receive the full report, which walks through those examples in a bit more detail. We really tried to gather as much sort of tactical wisdom from brands in our interview process. So we share all of those tips and we'll share a webinar replay as well if you want to share this with anyone else in your organization. Just to close, I think one way to think about this is those models that we're using right now, we're really looking through the rear view mirror and that's not going to really help us with the change that's going to come in the next few years, particularly with shopper behavior and the retail landscape changing and many more advertising platforms coming online. So we can't afford to just drive by looking through the rear view mirror at past sales performance and some of these easy to calculate but potentially misleading metrics. So looking at media budget through the lens of your brand's objectives, that's a forward-looking view. It anticipates change. So I hope that this presentation has helped to spur some thinking about how you do things now and how you might look through the windshield instead of the rear view mirror with your budget allocation. Thanks for your time and hope to catch you on our next webinar. Thank you. Bye, Thank everyone. Thank you so much. Bye.